boom we are live had to adjust the cameras we had technical difficulties thanks to private party hey quinn uh don't hit me up during the daytime on a wednesday because that's when we're doing the podcast so i have my mans here we've done some stuff together in the past we have yes yeah. it's been a while but we have yes yes we uh did some photography some videography with some good stuff it's my man Dan Rodriguez here. He's a New York-based AC and DP. How long have you been doing that, man? I started doing it really professionally in 2015, so going on year four. Year four. That's when uh, the ascension starts, you know, you start peaking up more and more. That time that time period. Year four? Yeah, year four. And yeah. then once you hit year five, it's like, hey, I know such and such. You can't tell me no different because I've went and experienced it. Yeah. I experimented and I've capitalized off of my mistakes. Right. Well, I could have told you that in year three. Oh, shit. Just saying. It's a numbers game no. with this guy. All right. <laughs> so uh, tell me some uh, companies that you have DP'd with and AC'd with and uh, done uh, like, uh, you know, grip work, paying your dues. Mm -hmm. What companies have you been with? I mean, I guess you could say paying dues wise. I, uh... Let's see, all the way back, first first company I ever worked for was actually Silver Cup Studios, Shit. which was big because... Yeah, it's fucking big. Yeah, you know, it's a union union house, mm -hmm. union, you know, stages, so mm -hmm. I really got a good feel of how, like, the big leagues run. Were you nervous? So, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you kind of go in there. It, at that point, you can't be cocky. You know, you and that's usually the thing when you start off. And I've and I've learned this myself because mm -hmm. I've worked in education as well. Like I still work a little bit also in New York Film Academy. So it's interesting being around students, getting a nice variety of students who are willing to hear what you have to say, and the ones that don't want to hear anything what you want to say. <laughs> the ones that you know think they're the next Spielberg. I know. And that's just not me name It's my vision. I know. I yeah. know. And, and then I go, yeah, but I've been doing this for, and I know that if you run down to the subway and you don't get this shot in five minutes, someone's going to come out of the corner and say, hey, 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 you can't shoot here. What happens? Like, they go down, they think they could sit up down there and they could talk it through. Then somebody spots the camera and goes, hey, you got to get out of here. Then they come up running to me like, oh, what are we going to do? And I go, well, <laughs> Wasted you know. Wasted opportunity of time because you knew you what should, the hell you I said, I said, you should have gone down there ready to just get it. So even if you do get caught, you have the shot. You hear that shit? Be ready to get the shot. Yeah. It's all about, you know, depending on jobs, you're always going to be running. If there are cases where you have to run and gun. You have to just go out and get the shot and, but and that's what i like you see the basics of run and gun learn the basics of run and gun before you go ahead and you know think you know everything and step it up and be like oh i'm professional yeah. i don't know you got to be ready and willing well sometimes sometimes i say it, you always have to prep to an extent even if it's something as simple as like all right let's take a minute and let's talk this through yeah get everybody on the same page so that when we do run down there just using somebody as an example we do yeah. run down there and get that shot we all know what we have to do i don't we don't run down i go okay action i set up the camera and the actors turn to me and they go do we you want me to go left or right and then i go oh my god like all right cut let's talk this through 
and, that and then and then the dude comes down hey you can't shoot here and then that was it your your opportunity went out the window that's hilarious hey man but you know yeah. with that being said you know those were the experiences that you went through especially on the running gun stuff yeah but going back you're gonna you're gonna find this a lot i'm gonna we're gonna start with question a yeah and i'm on like d and then i go actually we should probably bring it back to a so silver cup studios yeah because we somehow ended up in the subway uh yeah you see you see what i do there right just like it's, i just go i thanks for the question From i'm gonna the talk about cup this yeah yeah to the subway to the subway yeah so being in a union world is interesting just you you quickly understand you know there's a hierarchy to everything yeah. it's 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 interesting seeing how stage stages work the sort of way everyone maintains itself how everything flows the level of control you know it's 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 like you know and i've always told myself i would very much like to come back see my old boss shout out to nary hester one of one of the best guys i ever worked with who really instilled a lot of i mean and some stuff you might think is common sense but the you know something he told me in like my last week or you know there's two things he really tried to nail in there one was he's like dan you got to give the firm handshake you know one day one day i was just too casual with one of his his boys one of his one of the gaffers okay. one of the the first african-american gaffers in the industry oh yeah Right. And he introduces me to him, and I and I'm too casual, or I'm not thinking. Yeah. And I shake his hand, and he goes, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa!" And I go, "What?" And then Nayri hears this. He's like, what, "What's going on?" He's like, "Your boy over here just gave me the the butter soft handshake." <laughs> and he looks at me like, "Dan, did you just do that?" And I, I you know, he, he let me redeem himself. Let me redeem myself, it's but you, yeah, you know, the, the limp wrist, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. a very casual, yeah. and he was just like, no, you know, like, you don't want to try to break my hand either, because this ain't a power struggle or anything, right, right. but you just got to be like, I'm acknowledging you as a person, mm -hmm. uh, eye contact, you know, like, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. You know, I think we can both respect each other now. All right. And and I've you know that's something that I still carry. Every once in a while I get hit with the butter soft and I just go. I mean, shit, even when we when we met the first time, it was same thing. We showed respect. For yeah, yeah. Handshake. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. You know, like let's just hold for siren. <laughs> pretend like <laughs> we're on set. To the sirens in Brooklyn. Let's pretend like we're on set. You know, we're on like, set. Hold for holding live. for live. We got this action movie going on. Yeah, you know, hold Schwarzenegger, for Stallone there in the back. Yeah. We're still, you know, I still, I tell everybody I have a segment where we profusely lie. So anytime you feel free to pitch in a, a quick little one, we can okay. do that. All and right. we don't cut it. We mm -hmm. keep it in there. So, so yeah, the handshake. Handshake is the big one. Yeah. And the second one, it sounds like the most obvious thing, but, you know, I've kind of learned time and time again how sometimes you really do need to, to nail this into some people. And his big thing was like, Dan, the most I could tell you is, you know, just, just don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. And I, I honestly, g going into that, I, I feel like shout out to my 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 mother, and my grandmother for really you know nailing that into me. But I am shocked how often you know I just go, man, something is simple. These people don't follow. Just don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. All right, we're gonna go ahead and cut to a break. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're gonna cut to a break. I've also I've worked on other things, but we'll get back to We'll get back to yeah, you yeah. working on things. Alright, we're gonna go to a break and we'll be right back.
we are back. We are back. Since we're back, we was talking about being a dick. What was you saying about being a dick? It don't be one. Oh, it's right. You know, here's 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 my mentality. Oh, it's so easy to not be one, and and, and I say in the long run, it's beneficial. Of course it is. Usually, if you're on set, I mean, you know, I don't know who's watching this, but for the most part, I want to assume if, if anyone that works in film or all that kind of environment, 12 hours is usually the normal. You should you should be ready to be on set for that much. Even if you were told you weren't, just be ready. And I'm like, if I'm going to be on set with a bunch of people for 12 hours, yeah, I could just get the work done. Or I could be friendly, and suddenly the day goes by faster. Everyone's having a good time, you know. And I've, I don't know if it's just me, but like if somebody is being friendly to me and appreciates me, I'm going to work harder. That's it. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to appreciate them. They're going to appreciate me. The vibes. The, it's all about the vibes. The I vibes. mean, you know, it's like the minute an argument starts up. You, you know, it's just like toxicity in the air. You and just don't want. It throws everything off. Every the universe speaks loudly upon negative vibes. Just, just keep that shit away. That's yeah. all we gotta do. Positive. Stay positive. Yeah, and it honestly is exhausting to just be angry at people. <laughs> Too know. much energy is invested in trying to be angry at people, man. Just... Some sometimes sometimes you can't. Now I will say that there are certain times where it just it overwhelms you, and you know sometimes you just have to be kind of a dick. But for the most part, you know, I've worked on sets where somebody gets frustrated and they lash out at me. But you know what? At the end of the at the end of the day, like I hope and they have mm-hmm. claim up to it and apologize, and I you know then I go. Thank you. That yeah. that's it. I don't need you to do anything more. Just the fact that you acknowledged it, and we're like, I apologize for for speak, you know, lashing out like that. And I go, no harm done. That creates good work. Ethic. Yeah. Instead good, of pre- good, good practices. Instead of pretending at the end of the day, oh, we got it done, and we just like, oh yeah, it's like great working with you, man. And I go, I still didn't forget for a couple hours ago. It may have been ten hours ago, but it was there. I'm, I remember stuff from years ago, so don't think you're getting off easy. I never forget. Yeah. <laughs> I never forget. But, you know, um, let's talk about those other places. Those other other places. places. Yeah. After that, at the end of that same year, I interned a little bit at Comedy Central, which is an experience. Ah. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Comedy Central. And then I actually took a break for a whole year from interning or really pursuing work elsewhere. And sometimes we need that. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I was like, man, I should really just get college finished and, you know, just get the credits out, work on my own stuff, work with other people. That's where it slowly started off, you know, student projects and all that. But that's when the uh, inspiration starts to speak again. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Just, you know, when you're working with like-minded people, especially, and, you know, I, I always like to say school, you have a net. You know, you have you, you get failed, but it isn't like I just self-funded a ten thousand dollar project. Yeah. You know, I went to Hunter College. None of us who went there were particularly wealthy. I'm certainly not wealthy, so we, you know, would just make the most of the situation. That's it. You gotta maximize it. Yeah, maximize it. And then 2016, I 
heard from a friend about his place called uh, Light Iron, and I interned there. And yeah, and they they were great. We got along so well that they said, "Hey, can you stay on two more months?" And I went with pleasure because honestly, probably one of my probably the, the best working experience I've had at a yeah you know up to that point i had a good feeling of you know cameras and all that but nowadays in this age we live in post-production is something that people have to understand and you know especially if you're planning to be a dp or even anything counterpart but especially a dp Mm -hmm. you can know about your lights you can know about your lenses and your camera but you really gotta understand the this is a pipeline that keeps going you don't just shoot it and walk away. You could, but if you really want your vision to transfer over, you gotta understand how your the 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 decisions you make on set how they transfer over to set. You, I mean, transfer over to post. Ultimately, the final product. You see, so, I'm learning from you now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because um, you have the professional aspect, and I'm more of a like a indie running gun. Yeah. Own budget, do it yourself. So well, I I feel like that that's that's all great to have, but you know it's, I always you, there's always like people like you well, you can't be too technical, yeah, because then you lose the artistic. And I say you know I'm quoting David Fincher here when he says, "Know your craft." It's something his father told him where he said, "Know your craft; it'll never stop you from being a genius." Because you could be a great artist, but you know it's sort of like why. Do trial and error a hundred times where you could just read up and just have to worry about trial and error ten times. Facts. And you see, like I'm you just, know. I'm soaking it all up, man. Like yeah. you're dropping gems right now at the same time, you know. And um I've been doing this for about eight years, nine years. Mm-hmm. I don't know everything. I don't know everything. Yeah. At all. Yeah. You know, I'm just soaking it up. I'm learning every day as I'm going along and having like minded people around you that's really creating a great atmosphere guys like this I learned from you know yeah and um I built great relationships with these people so um we're still going um any other places uh so as much as I I wanted to learn about post-production to be to be completely blunt um Panavision was really where I wanted to be and I knew that Panavision had acquired light iron Mm. so you know, not, not not to say I just went through them to, to go here, you know, because it's two different worlds. It was all a part of the journey. It, was it really happen. was, yeah. yeah. You know? And, you know, I was fortunate enough that when they had a big party, I got to know a lot of very big Panavision people who... He made the connects. You, yeah, you, you know, they were there, and I was just like, can I help in any way? You know, helping set up cameras, and then they were like, this guy is great. Like, and I went, can I come on as, a, as an intern? They went, yeah, we would love that. And I interned there for a few months. You put that energy out met, there. Yeah, met, yeah. Some, met some great people, you know. Um, and then yeah, then afterwards, I just kind of went back to the freelancing life for some time. Did jobs here and there. Worked, uh, you know, kept working at places like New York Film Academy. New York Film, New York Film Academy has always been like... Uh, a place where I could always go back to. It's like a good foundation. You know, it, it was, yeah. Like if you know, if the work slows down, it, you know, I, I definitely don't burn. I'm not one to burn bridges, so. Exactly. You know, oh, you know, I'm not getting work. Haven't worked for quite a bit. I Man, I'll do a couple hours here. And you know what? It was interesting because that working there has provided me 
kind of like a, a environment where I could experiment a bit more. So, because over there I'm a, a technical assistant, mm -hmm. which usually means a, a TA. Yes. But not, not so much a teacher's assistant. A lot is usually expected of you to know. So, I would come in, and especially like the acting courses, the students would always be shooting scenes. So either you could be lazy and just shoot with like whatever light is on in the room, or you could kind of go above and beyond. And you know, they give you lighting kits, so you might as well use it. And that was a great opportunity for me to be like, well, if I keep doing these little like low risk scenes, <laughs> low risk. Yeah, you know, then I could go. Well, I can experiment with lights. I can understand a little more. Like, put put these theories that I'm reading up on to the test, and then I could learn to work quick with the smaller crew, if no crew. Sometimes it's just me pulling everything really. Um, and then just getting comfortable so I could walk in even if like if I get on a shoot where I have I know nothing doing these little scenes where I walk in and I go what are we doing today and then they go this is the scene and I go great could I just get like a five minute run through yeah and then I go okay I see what you guys are doing all right we'll put the lights over here here and here and then you just get it because ultimately I feel film regardless of budget or how many people you have you know time is gonna move exactly the same what's good about having such a great challenge yeah it, time is the biggest challenge on the set yes. you know the you have to find ways to work around time like if you can't you know we got uh, we, we yeah, yeah that thing that yeah. thing but oh, that's why we got the backup that's why we got the backup we got can. the backup we got the backup you know Somebody, the world record for longest shoot is held by Stanley Kubrick on Eyes Wide Shut. It was about 400 plus days consecutive. And people wonder how did this dude pull it off? That shit just made me tired. Yeah. How did it And You know, unfortunately, it even claimed his life at the end. But, you know, it's how did he pull it off? Because that's unheard of. No one will ever shoot any feature longer than maybe 200 days. You know, you'll get some odd cases here. There yeah. a lot of reshoots and stuff. You you always hear about productions that need to do reshoots in this. But 400 consecutive, how do you pull it off on the budget? That probably wasn't anything insane, special. Man. And then it's like it, he made it work in the sense that well, if I have a small crew, if I own all my gear, if I shoot not in the U.S., I could probably get more days out of everything. And he made it work. And I feel like being on set is all about making the time work. You have to you have to know your limits. You have to be like, well, I have a crew of three people, and I have to set up all my own lights. And the location told me I only get two hours to shoot. Can I pull this off? Hmm. Maybe if I could, at the very worst, call in some favors, at least get two people to come in and do the lights for me. Maybe I could get it. But you know, it's all about understanding and you know doing things. I like that aspect. I just delegated right there. Just yeah. made it happen. <laughs> well, it, let me call in a fake. You, you sometimes, yeah, you just have to play it out in your head, and you have to think, how are we going to pull this off? Because you, you, you could, you could, you could be a dreamer all day. But that's that's what I love about film. It's it's a mix between being a dreamer and being a realist. Yeah. Because you can't just run in and, and you know. You have to know your limits. You can't say we're gonna make this look like this, and I go, yeah, well, you, your budget's like hundred bucks. 
Not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's when the realist kicks in. I'd be like, uh, not gonna happen. Well, that, that's why you have people on set like an AD who tells you, yeah, well, you have two hours and you, we have 10 shots left to do. How can you condense this? And then you go, well, we need all those 10 shots. And he's, and then the AD goes, well, you're not gonna get all those 10 shots. Yeah. Get us two more hours and then maybe we could get them. You know, and then, and then it comes like, all right, crunch time. What do we do? And then ultimately, unfortunately, that's all an experience thing. I feel like unless you really are like some filmmaking prodigy where you could somehow condense all the shots, that's where you just, the experience has to kick in. And I say, you know, as much as I worked at all those places, I feel like I'm still learning. And the guys who just are experienced, who may not know all about the cameras, but understand how to work quick, you know, that those are the, the ones who, you know, are kind of thriving. But that being said, so I did that for a while. And then I kind of went, I, I sort of felt like I was stagnating a little bit. I wasn't really going anywhere. And then one day, that one day. I was really, yeah, and I was getting really down on myself. And then a friend of mine, she hits me up and she said, Hey, we have an opening at RE Rental. Would you be interested? And I went, You know what? Where I am in life now, yeah, absolutely. I would, let's hold, hold for Hold on, uh, Armageddon. Yeah. Armageddon. Hold for sound. Armageddon. And then from there, um, I worked there, started in. Mm, late October of 2017 and it was funny because I worked there for three days Then, and this is funny where life kind of kicks in mm -hmm. over the summer I worked with um, give her a, a, nice, a nice shout out Jessica Dunn on her web series Greygrounds which just came out to stream so if anyone feels like watching something I highly recommend that one you gotta click in the link below you know yeah. we gotta give a description in the link yeah she she's great and uh, she directed it, and, and that was a perfect example of of calling a lot of favors, you know, um, for for crew, for for gear. You know, I worked with a lot of great people on that that I am still very friendly with, and you know, making these crazy locations work, and essentially getting production value out of a very low budget. Like props to her for pulling that all together. And then from there, what... Um, she was connected. Yeah. And then she hits me up one day and she was like, hey, um, I need a cover for um, a second AC for one day on a Spike Lee film. Do you want to you wanna take it? And I went, yeah, absolutely. You know, and then the, that film being Black Klansman, which I'm sure everyone's probably heard of at one point. Whoa. Yeah. All right. All right, guy. We're going to take a time out. We're gonna come back, and I definitely want to talk about that topic. Okay. Black Klansman. This guy just segue into a Spike Lee joint. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Break.